Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Is going on? It's your boy Rico back at it again. What's happening? It happens to be a late night. Yes, I know. I'm usually on by what, 8, 15-ish. But uh, your boy had to do a little later today. It's a little later. So I hope you guys don't mind the... Uh, a late night Rico session. I don't know. Maybe it might get a little steamy. Who knows? But welcome to another edition, folks. What's happening? What's good? Is everybody all right today? Uh, I got a story for y'all, man. I got a story for y'all. Uh, so I had to uh, I had to take a trip down south to Florida. And uh, let me just turn this down real quick. And um, the flight from... Yo, listen. The, my flight experience was something else. And I, I got to tell you, man. So for those that don't know, I'm in Halifax and uh, I moved to Halifax and Nova Scotia to make things simpler. And um, I can't just take a hop, skip and a jump like I used to when I lived in Ontario. Right. I wanted to drive to a Bills game six hours. I'm in Buffalo. It's just what it is. So lo and behold, uh, I got to fly now. Anywhere I got to go, I got to fly. So I had to fly to a place called Kitchener. If you guys don't know where Kitchener is, you know, me Southern Ontario ish. Um, near Hamilton, a little closer to Buffalo. Anyway, I had to fly to Kitchener and then take my flight to Florida. So, boom, leave. I leave. Uh, I get the kids ready for school with the wifey. Wifey dropped me off at the airport, and away we go to Kitchener. Get to Kitchener, ready, getting for, ready for my flight. We go. So, meanwhile, the news is popping, saying Florida, major flood in Fort Lauderdale, this, that, and the third. I was like, okay. I was like, holy smoke, hold on. I'm going to Fort Lauderdale. What's going on? So, we get to we get to Florida and they're trying to fly and land and they're like, nah, we can't land because it's flooded like a mother. Anyway, so they're like we're gonna land in Orlando, we're gonna find out, see what's going on, what's happening. It's going three hours on the tarmac. Three hours on the tarmac until they make a decision to say, All right, folks, we're gonna we're gonna fly to Miami. It's only a half hour away from Florida. So we're gonna fly to Miami and go from there. They're like half an hour later, like, oh, guess what? 70 flights got redirected redirected to, to Miami. So no dice customs is just there. They can't, they can't do it. So now I'm thinking, I don't know the States too much. I don't know Florida too much. So I'm like, all right, we're in Orlando right now. It's three hours where I need to go. They're not dropping anybody off there. So what are they going to do? What do they do? They fly us back to Canada. <laughs> they fly us back to Canada, drop us off. It's like, at this point, it's like 1 AM. Everybody that was on that flight lived in Kitchener. So they're gone. It's just me and this Lebanese cat. We sitting here looking at each other like, yo, what are we supposed to do? Luckily, I have family in Toronto. So my, my cousin came through, picked me up. I booked another flight to make it to, to Florida. Golly. So I'm thinking, all right, we're here. 
So I, I do I do whatever whatever I have to do uh, in Florida. I went to a funeral, and uh, so we're on my way back. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna avoid flying from Florida or excuse me from Fort Lauderdale or Miami. Although everything was all right, but the flight prices were crazy because I took a one way. So I drove. I had somebody drive me. My cousin drove me to Orlando. It was three hours from where I was staying. We get on the flight. I make my flight barely. So we flying. So I'm like, okay, one way flight going to Nova Scotia. They can't land. They can't land. So I'm like, okay, because I'm like, I'm feeling the plane go down and then it all of a sudden takes off again. I'm like, nah, something doesn't seem right. So lo and behold, we can't land, brother. So we're going to land you in Moncton, which is three hours away from where I'm at. So they fly us to Moncton and then they bus us to Halifax. Bro, I'm telling you, <laughs> this flying experience, I don't know if you guys have had bad flying experiences, but this one takes the cake. So I finally, finally got home nine and a half hours later. So apparently, if these guys keep you for more than nine and a half hours, I mean, I, I don't know if these are the new rules or not, but they keep it not more than nine and a half hours, they got to pay. So I don't know how that plays out. I'm going to look into it. But man, oh, man. But I will tell you this. There was a, a positive in this thing. Delta Airlines is legit. Any time I've ever flown with Delta, it's been solid. I've never had any issues with Delta Air Transat. I haven't fl- I haven't flown Spirit yet. I heard Spirit is some, some ghetto ass shit, but <laughs> who knows, man? But Delta has always been a one to me. American Airlines was legit. I liked American Airlines. I f with that, but Delta was legit. That's one air. That's airline. That's I stay. I I'm all over it. But man, it has me saying like, yo, listen, I need to either give me a private chauffeur on a Voyager bus like John Madden and just drive me all over the place. Cause I ain't flying. Cause that type of stuff is, is that'll get you, man. That'll get you. But that flying experience, man, they have you sitting on a tarmac and all they did was give us a cup of noodles. <laughs> Anybody hungry? You got some cup of noodles, Pringles. And I mean, I feel for the flight attendants cause it's not their fault. Pilot it's not their fault. It's just, there's no, there's no, there was no contingency plan. The plan was just not great anyway. Uh, but back, we're back. We're good. We're good to it. And uh, we're back at it. My man, Richard Ford says, yo, I've had terrible flying experiences. Hit the air pocket. Felt like the plane was going to fall out of the sky. Let me tell you something. So we're flying, right? We're going to Florida. I don't know what, you know, that feeling when the plane's coming down and something in your, in the pit of your stomach kind of, kind of that feeling, you feel me? So there was a couple moments like that, but then there was a moment where that thing was going and we hit some turbulence that had that plane go and drop the lady next to me, grabbed my arm so damn tight. And she immediately grabbed my arm. I said, girl, if we're going down, we all going to die. <laughs> you grab my arm like I'm going to save you. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking for my little, you know what I mean, ready to go. But anyway, it all worked out. But Delta, that is class. Class, class, class. I don't know about y'all, but Spirit, I haven't flown Spirit yet. Uh, <laughs> haven't flown, I haven't flown Spirit. Right now, we have this cheap airline called Flair. Boy, oh boy. Flair, cheap prices, but like you just don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. They're going to cancel your shit or they'll redirect your shit. I was supposed to go to the Steelers game. I don't know if I told you all this. I was supposed to go to the Steelers game. It's flying with Flair. 10 o'clock, I'm ready to take the red eye to get to Buffalo. And they said, yeah, flight's canceled. Go home, folks. Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. But anyway, enough about my stories and uh, my, my shenanigans. We're here now. We made it. Uh, listen, man. That's all, that's all I'm going to drop by. So we're talking about Bills, football. The draft is around the corner. Folks, how are we feeling? Because right now, about this time, around this time, is lying season. This is where 
people start making things up. They start telling you how confident they are in this. And we have no problems with that. And we're going to take the best player available, this, that, and the third. What to believe? You just never know because none of it is true. Right now, there's still, at this point, backing up Spencer Brown. They feel Spencer Brown is great. We're going to... We're going to love on Spencer Brown, and he's going to be our guy. I mean, I'm making this up here, but they pretty much are saying I'm backing Spencer Brown up. So would have you believe that we have there's – no, there's no reason for us to even look at a right tackle or a tackle in this draft, let alone drafting an old lineman. Because the left tackle, if you're, if you're fine with Spencer Brown, you're absolutely fine with Deion Dawkins. So you're not, you're not doing anything at tackle. You just brought on two guards, and you paid them decent money. Are they even going to touch the O-line? I doubt it. I doubt it, especially in the first round. So what is true and what is not true, right? That's number one. And you, you have all these storylines around the Bills and Stefan Diggs. Let's start with like this. Let's go right off the bat. Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs has had one of those off seasons where he, I don't know if it's just boredom. I don't know if he just, he's looking for entertainment. Uh, he loves to see Bill's fans squirm. I have no idea. I can't, I can't tell you um, what his intentions are behind some of the things he does on the off season. It is, maybe it's just pure boredom. But what I do know is if I remember correctly, OTAs was never an issue with having Stefan there, especially because the goal was to win. Super Bowl, and by winning the Super Bowl, you want everybody there, whether it's OTAs or not. When everybody shows up, it shows us you know, I mean one goal, one mind, we're all ready to go. Um, and he doesn't show up now. I'm not bothered by a player not showing up to OTAs, especially if you're a veteran player in this game. You know how to prepare, you know how to how to how to miss how to how to get your act together, you know all those things, you know all those things. So <laughs> my man, <laughs> my man Bobby said, yo, but he's at Coachella, man. Don't worry about him. He's just, he's having a good time at Coachella. Well, listen, man, he is a, he is a celebrity. So I wouldn't surprise me that he's doing that. But to me, whether these players show up to OTAs or not, my, my understanding and my, my thinking in this is if you're a player that's four years or lower, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, OTAs show, show your ass up because you're technically still on your rookie deal, right? Um, once you've secured that and you've made it past your rookie deal and you're a, a solid veteran like Diggs, yeah, man, you could, whether you show up or not, I know that you know how to prepare and you're going to show up. But this is one of those, those, these, these years of the way that we exited last year, you would think that everyone would show up at OTAs because a, we had so many stupid injuries that a lot of guys weren't even around part of the team. Mike Hyde being one of them, Von Miller being another, right? So these guys, DeMar Hamlin being another, and we'll speak on DeMar Hamlin in just a moment. These guys weren't around, right? Because they were hurt. They were not part of the, the squad and stuff. So like everybody, this is like a refresh. Everybody come back as one and let's make this work. And Stefan Diggs not being there, does that throw a wrench into the whole situation? You know what? At the end of the day, it allows somebody else to say, you know what? Diggs ain't here. I'll step my game up one less spot uh, that's there, then I'll fill that void. So Deontay Hardy, you know what I mean? This is your opportunity to kind of show up and do what you got to do. Uh, listen, man, Gabe Davis, you're going to be out there. This is going to be a big year for Gabe Davis. Last year was a contract. So like I said, it's OTAs. 
know what I'm saying? This is guys to get back in shape, to, you know what I'm saying, to get into the playbook and get their act together. But having a veteran guy not be there, worrisome, no. But optics, it says something, right? It, it, it shows something. So when you, and, it, and I'll tell you why. And on the positive note, it shows something. When all veterans show up, you're praised for it. You see, that's what it takes to be a winner. That's what it is. And that's what it, it's a good thing when all your guys show up. But when one of your, when your star players doesn't show up, you understand that it's a business and you don't have to show up because it's voluntary, but it's nice to have your guys there. And he's not there. So guess what? It gives another opportunity for guys to step their game up, get in that playbook and really, really show themselves uh, while these OTAs are going down. Um, so it is what it is. At the end of the day, what matters is number 17 shows up and he's more dialed in than he has ever been. That's what he says. He's more dialed in this year, whether it's the exit on how he exited last year, on how everything went down, his elbow not being 100%, and us falling to the Bengals. So much so much can be said. Uh, but number 17 is there. He's ready to go. And he says he's as focused as ever, so let's roll, right? Uh, I got a super chat coming in from my man, Remington Hogan. What's up, Rem? Rem says, uh, next time you're in Florida uh, area, you need something to let me know. Hey, fam, let me tell you something, man. I was in Florida. I was supposed to be there Wednesday and uh, be on my, my aunt's place. And then, and obviously, obviously, I ended up going back to Toronto and then having to go back again. So Thursday, and then I obviously I got back uh, just what, yesterday? Just craziness. But anyway, so yeah, next time I might hit you up. But I mean, when you're with family and people are coming from all over the place, it's kind of hard to dip out and say, hey, by the way, I'll, I'll be back. Uh, I got my homie coming to pick me up. My mom would have been like, who the heck do you know here? You know what I'm saying? And I could, if I tell her, but Ma, I do a podcast and some people follow me and they'd like to, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Catch a drink. She'd be like, boy, sit your black ass down. You ain't going nowhere. You're here with family. You're going to sit around. Hey, well, mama says, I'm mama, I, I, boy, I have to do it. You feel me? But I was going to be in Orlando and I was like, I was going to be there early because my flight was late. So I was like, yo, what if I just put out a tweet like, yo, who lives in Orlando? What do you, would one of y'all have picked me up and hung out with me? I wonder. I, I always wondered that question. But next time I'm in Florida, bro, I'll hit y'all up because I know there's a lot of few, there's a few of you guys that are in Florida. So I'll hit you guys up. I did drive by the, uh, the Hard Rock Hotel because I was that was my Airbnb was around there. And I was like, God, Lee, that thing is an actual guitar hotel. I was like, God, that's craziness. Anyway, it was really dope. But anyway, I digress. Let me get back to it. Um, so, yeah, man, OTAs, Stefan is not there. Does it matter? Heck no, it doesn't matter. Uh, optics, when you look at the optics, it doesn't look good that your veteran guy's not there, especially the way we exited. But these guys are professionals. They know how to they, they know how to perform and they know how to get their acts together and get ready for the seasons. As long as he's there where it matters, that's all that matters to me. And guess what? He ain't going nowhere. We ain't trading him. There's no trade conversation that should be happening. He's locked into this team for the next three years anyway. So nothing there's nothing really more to talk about so he's on he's not on otas should it matter heck no it shouldn't matter this is more for the guys that are young in this game or new to this team this is where you guys got to step your game up so anyway um but that's the the one thing i did want to touch on was the stefan Diggs and the otas uh we do have some some encouraging news damar hamlin has been cleared to come back and play some football and um i mean if you guys obviously i don't have to to rummage through and, and give you guys the ins and outs of what has happened to DeMar Hamlin. But what I can say is when the DeMar Hamlin situation went down, I can tell you right now that my guy, the thigh, the thigh God himself called it right off the bat. 
right off the bat within the 15 minutes he said it was the cardoid carditis whatever that that um uh ailment is that happened you call it this is what it could be and it's a blow to the chest right at the money spot if you will i don't i don't want to make it that way but like right at that impact rare spot where your heart is about to in this certain position that certain beat and you get hit right on there a big blow to the chest and that's exactly what happened to demar and he explained that and uh pretty much he's saying i can't live in fear and playing i'm gonna play i've been cleared they all are telling me the same thing i'm gonna play in faith and to me he loves the game and if something were like if something if Something like that, what happened to DeMar Hamlin, something like that happened to DeMar Hamlin where he literally died on the field. And God bless the medical staff that was on, on site, were able to revive that man or keep him alive, if you will, um, or resuscitate him and bring him back. Listen, the, only the good Lord was able to make the people in the right place, right time, with the right experience to get that man back to where he needs to be. So if I'm going to jump on and play the field again, it's only because of the good Lord that got me back here. And I'm going to play the game that I love, man. He gave me the ability to play this game. I'm going to play this game. And it's lovely to hear that DeMar Hamlin is going to be back playing football. Um, whether he gets back into football shape, and I'm sure he will be, um, and we'll have a pretty damn solid safety room. Micah Hyde coming back, Jordan Poirier coming back. You got DeMar Hamlin and you got Taylor Rapp. And then you got Saran Neal and, and, uh, and some depth pieces, Jaquan Jones, Jaquan Jones, Jaquan Johnson, and some depth pieces. And uh, we go from there. And don't forget, uh, Benford, Christian Benford, could be making that transition to play safety himself. So that safety room is going to be just fine. It's going to be just fine. So I think we, we're all right with that. Um, but uh, to me, I'm looking at DeMar Hamlin coming back. I think that's huge. That's, it's a big lift for the team. I mean, you saw your boy go down. Your boy have no life in his body. And then brought back in. And now you get to see you get to play next to your boy. That is encouraging. That gives you kind of a juice and the and the pump to to be able to play ball again. So uh, shout out to Demar Hamlin. Shout out to the medical staff that you know what I'm saying that cleared him, and they say he's really good to go. And man's is in shape, and he's been he's been you know what I'm saying touring, doing a lot of touring and talking and meeting with the Prezi and all that good stuff. So yo, kudos to him, man. He's out there. He's uh he's definitely putting uh putting the awareness out on there and uh, on that uh, on on I guess uh on heart conditions and so on and so forth. So shout out to my man, DeMar Hamlin. Welcome back to the Bills. Let's roll, man. Let's roll. Um, next on the docket, because we, we're just hitting up the storylines. And if you guys have any questions, concerns, or things you want to talk about, hit me up in the chat. I don't really have like a big thing because you know next week is the big draft. We're going to talk a little bit of draft today, but uh, next week is the week that we have to prep ourselves and get ready for the draft. I have no idea where this team is going. I don't think you do. I don't think anybody does. It's just, it's up in the air. But we'll talk a little bit of draft today and then we'll get more into it next week because we're going to have a community draft with the fans, right? For those that have been viewing the Buffalo Fanatics, it's going to be myself. It's going to be Z-Bot. It's going to be my man Pierre. My man Rev's going to show up. We're going to try to get my man Don Trotman in this bitch. So we're going to pretty much do what we did last year, the community draft, where you help us choose our draft from... You know what I'm saying? From round one to what round six or round seven, whatever, how many rat drafts we've got. I know we got six picks, so we we we're we don't have much. We don't have much. But anyway, um, that being said, uh, it's gonna be huge to have uh us all on panel and kind of giving us the rundown of what we're gonna do. Cause Lord knows, man, I've I've looked at new draft simulators 
and some things have been adjusted. And the guys that I thought would be available at 27 are leaving. They mean late 19s to early 20s. So now I'm left with like a handful of guys like, shoot, like, I don't think these guys have first round grades on these. I'm trading down. So will the Bills trade down? That's another thing that's that's going to be going on. But before we do trade down, we might be making some trades during draft. And by that, I mean D-Hop. And D-Hop uh, has been, you know what I mean, making the rounds. And uh, this, is, this is a video that's been circulating that I'm going to play for you guys. And uh, it's got Bills Mafia buzzing a little bit. Got Bill's Mafia buzzing. So let me play this clip for you guys and let me get your thoughts on it. Show that. Of course not. So I want to play another game with you, right? All right. I don't want you to verbally answer this question. Okay. I'm going to name some destinations. I want your body language or your facial expression to determine like, ooh, would I like that spot if the Cardinals want to trade you? First destination. We're going to go with the New England Patriots. All right. Second destination. We're going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Huh. Third destination, we're going to go with the New York Jets. Last destination, we're going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, you know, some of the, 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 the best answers are the answers where you don't hear anything. So <laughs> I found that very interesting, right? I found it very more more interesting when they mentioned the uh, New York Jets. He didn't he didn't hesitate. He just went, nah, fan. Like, yo, move on with that. Uh, when he mentioned the Bills, mentioned the Bills, he kind of looked up like, yo, what are you saying? Like, what's up? You feel me? So obviously, he's not a free agent. I mean, there's been chatter of him a potentially getting cut, b potentially getting traded for a high draft pick. But ain't nobody biting on that that high draft pick, and uh, and he could be had apparently for you know what I'm saying low as low as a fifth round. So uh, one thing that was put out but deleted by D Hop was that uh, it says something to the nature of if you think that I'm asking for more money, I'm not. So for for teams that are looking to trade for him, I don't think he's going in expecting to redo a deal and get more money. He's like, I just want out of Arizona. So come get me. Somebody come get me. So it could still be on the table. It could still be on the table with D-Hop coming through. And everybody mentioning that, no, he's too pricey. Oh, he's too this. Fam, once he's on the team and you start seeing the things that he's supposed to do and what he's done in this league and so on and so forth, it's not like he's washed. He's not at all washed, right? Obviously, I had my reasons for not wanting him if I have to choose between bringing in a receiver that's young or going D-hop, I'm going for the receiver that's young. But now that I see this footage come out, I could totally see a team saying, you know what, let's go. Especially because he said, I'm not looking for a new deal. That changes things. Now, does it change things uh, a little bit when I hear our GM, when they ask him, hey, do you see any first-round uh, draft grades in this first round? Are there, any, are there any first-round grades for the guys in this draft? He's like, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to give you details, but he said not many, or he said, excuse me, quote, quote, saying not great. So when I've got my big board, Brandon B's got his big board, and there's probably a handful of first round grades that he's got in these players. Something tells me that he's either going to stay put and take best player available that he's got on his board, which makes sense, or he's absolutely trading down, which he does mention. 
Uh, Brandon Bean was asked about potentially trading up, trading down, any of that good stuff. I'm going to see if I can get that. I have two footages of him. I think I'm going to get this right one. I think it's this one here. And he talks about potentially what he might do with that first round pick. Give me a sec. Yeah, I mean, I think that's we would definitely be open to that if especially if it falls in a way where our, our first round's wiped out and, you know, starts getting well into your second round and you're like, oh, man, yeah, we we'd be best to move back. But we'll see. Everybody's boards are different, too. You could talk to another team and they could say, man, we love what's available in the first for our team, for what we're doing. Um, but I, I'll just, again, when it starts getting – you know, we're 27, it starts getting to pick 20, you know, five, six, seven picks out, I think we'll start to know whether we think there's going to be someone there that we should try and stay for, move up for, or, as you suggested, uh, move back and, and, and gain more picks. Yeah, I mean, tell me who's coming off the board, and I'll tell you. If I was in Vegas right now putting money down, I would say if we were going to do anything, it would be more likely to go back then go up. Um, but listen, you're, you're talking to a guy who gets antsy at times and goes up and gets guys. So Vegas probably would still <laughs> go against what I just suggested would happen. See, this is a line season I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Because he goes out and tells you, listen, man, I'll let you. I mean, I can't tell you anything right now, but once it gets into the 20s, then I'm going to start kind of seeing what's available and what's not because now I may I may start you know me making some phone calls or receiving phone calls about potentially trading up or uh based on what I see there's not a whole lot of going things things going down I might even trade back just all over the place man left right which I expect I expect him not to give us the truth because around this time it's lying season I can't give anybody the edge on what I'm gonna do chances are and when you look at it in terms of how many picks we have, it just makes sense to drop down and accumulate more. It just makes sense. So that way we can fortify our team on where we need to, especially because they don't see many first round grades on these guys in this draft or he lying <laughs> or he lying to make it seem like, okay, so they don't like anybody in this draft. That means they don't want to stay at 27 shit. I'm going to trade up. I might trade up. So maybe this is where Arizona comes in and says, hold on a second now. Nah. Hold on a second now. Let's let's work something out. If I can get a second first round pick, you know what I'm saying, alongside the third round, because they, excuse me, I've got, they got the third overall pick. If I can get a 27th pick, I can give you D hop and I can take something else. Then maybe we got something. But the, the, the possibilities of where these bills can go are endless. They can go anywhere. Uh, but it is line season. So whatever the hell Bean tells you, take it with a grain of salt. Actually, take it with a bucket of salt. Take that shit with a bucket of salt and then and then go from there. At the end of the day, that's what it that's what it comes down to. Uh, there was another um, another clip I'll play a little later when it comes to uh, Brandon Bean. But this is that season, man, uh, where you just never know what these teams are going to do, especially the closer you get to the draft. Um, a lot of guys might be traded. A lot of guys. I mean, listen, man, you still have Zeke Elliott. I don't think Zeke Elliott has signed anywhere. Zeke Elliott right now is still a free agent. So like. If they don't like what they see in the draft when it comes to the running back room, you know what I mean? Position might get filled up. I'm using Zeke Elliott as an example. It's just that there's there's some still some meat left on the bone when it comes to good, solid free agents out there. So this draft is crucial uh, for what we need to do. But 
what direction are we going into? I I can't tell you. I can't tell you. But it turns out that D Hop making that little clip is one thing, and then you got GM Von Miller telling people that D Hop says he wants to be a Buffalo Bill. Now, I'll say this when it comes to D Hop, and I'll say this when it comes to Von Miller, our GM, our, our player GM, our player GM has been 0 for. He's been 0 for, right? He's been 0 for one when it came to talking about. Uh, who's my man? OBJ. Yeah, OBJ. He coming to Buffalo, man. He's he's definitely gonna be that guy coming to Buffalo. OBJ is a Raven. <laughs> he is a Raven right now. So you're 0 for one, my guy. You getting all the Bills fans all hyped up and ready to go because you got all these, you know, these 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 relationships with these players, and you got Bills fans going, oh shit, Von Miller's be playing with these guys, and he knows. And this man, it's all about the Benjis at the end of the day. You got to show me the money. You got to show me the opportunity. And you got to let me know. So until GM Vaughn closes on, on one of some of these prospects that he's talking to, you ain't no GM, my guy. You will remain as future Hall of Fame Vaughn Miller to me. But to, for you and all this chatter you doing with all these players and getting all these Bills fans all hyped up like you're going to get these guys to come through. Yeah, brother. Just stick to stick to stick to getting off the edge. You know what I'm saying? Stick to that first step. That first step, that's what, that's what you do, man. Stick to that uniform because Von Miller in uniform, I'm all for it. Von Miller in a suit, not yet, my guy. Until you can close it, until you ABC, always be closing because you haven't closed shit yet. You know what I'm saying? The closing that you do is usually on the field, which we love. But as a GM, no, sir. Leave that, leave that stuff to, to Brandon Bean. Let him do all the negotiating and all that stuff because he's actually, you know, he put some things together. He, he's gotten some trades where he's gotten some some good stuff for us, and he's signed some big deals, you included. Let let the big dogs do what they do. You know what I'm saying? So, but until you can parlay your way and try to get D Hop on the squad, then shit, let's work, let's roll, let's let's make something happen, man. So, <laughs> so here here it is, man. <laughs> yo, P Money, P Money's getting on me. He says, "Yo, Rico's beard is filling in nicely." Hey, man, let me tell you something. Can I can I can I break something to y'all? I told my wife. I said, hold on. Soon enough, this hair is gonna go. It's gonna thin out. I'm already, I'm already thin out. Hold on. I'm already, I mean, I ain't ashamed. I ain't ashamed to show it. I ain't LeBroning, but I'm thinning out a little bit. But I still got a head of hair on me. But once this does go, I'll see if I can keep growing this thing out. I don't I told my wife, I don't care if it's patchy for now, but eventually it's gonna happen. Some of my my my, my friends with, with beards are like, yo, just shave, shave it more, it'll grow more. I was like, nah, I ain't doing that. Because if I shave it, then I'm just going to keep it. I'm going to just keep it clean. But I'm going to just keep it like this, line it up when I need to. And then if it takes me another year or two to fill it all out, <laughs> so be it. So be it. But yeah, man, it's filling in. I'm going to let it fill in. I refuse to be that guy that 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 kind of puts the fillers and all that stuff. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it in the beer. I'm going to just let that shit be natural. Let it be natural, baby. Let it be natural, man. Yeah, listen, man, we're getting older, man. I can't stay young all day. Can't do it. I just can't do it. You know what I'm saying? We're getting older. Some shit's gonna, some shit, some shit's gonna dissipate. <laughs> it's just what it is, man. It is what it is, man. But don't, don't forget, black don't crack, man. I can look like this while I'm 60. It's just one of those things, man. It's just one of those things. But anyway, um, let's move on. I digress. Let's move on. So Von Miller, obviously, D-Hop, him talking about D-Hop, all that stuff. That's great. But until you lock it down, baby, until you lock it down, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just hold you down as the guy that gets after the quarterback and gets going. You know what I'm saying? So shout out, shout out to my man, um, 
<laughs> Von Miller. Uh, folks, let's talk about something, man. Jalen Hurst just got paid. Jalen Hurst just got paid, and and it's and it's it's causing a stir. It's causing a stir with the likes of Josh Allen. I wouldn't say it's causing a stir, but you got a, a, a elite player in Josh Allen. You got an elite player in Aaron Rodgers, and you start seeing all these guys that that got paid. And right now, Jalen is the highest paid quarterback, actually player in the league right now. Quarterback, we'll just say quarterback, highest paid quarterback in the league right now at averaging fifty one million a year. After that is it's it's Rodgers at fifty point two, then it's Russell Williams, uh, Russell Williams, then it's Russ, then it's Kyler, then it's Watson, then it's Pat Mahomes at forty five mil. And then we got Josh at 43 mil. What a freaking steal by the Bills getting Josh Allen at $43 million. You got Jalen Hurts that's young in this game. Yes, I get it. He took his team to the Super Bowl. And, and it's a lot, a lot had to do with him. Obviously, they had a very good defense as well. But golly, man, 51 mil, he gets that. And then you got Josh at $43 million. What a freaking steal. The time that we made that deal with Josh Allen to lock him down long-term and do it before all these guys got their major deals is crucial. And you got Joe Burrow that still hasn't been paid. You got Herbert that still hasn't been paid. And Lamar has still, has still hasn't been paid. And all those three guys are going to get paid. So the fact that we were able to get my guy for $43 million, golly. Kudos to Brandon Bean. Kudos to Brandon Bean, man. But uh, it still puts Lamar Jackson in a damn position. Lamar Jackson, MVP season. We all know it. I don't want to repeat it all day, but MVP, unanimous MVP, all that good stuff. He's 43 and like 15 as a starter. So a solid player. And the fact that he turned down 133 million guaranteed has people some feeling some type of way. But then you see Jalen Hurts get 51 mil a year. You know what I'm saying? I think it was like 179 mil guaranteed or something that something of that nature. It's like, well, what did he do? Oh, he took his team to the Super Bowl. So does that merit him getting paid better than Lamar or more than Lamar? Is Lamar tripping? Should Lamar have taken that deal? Or is Lamar justified for waiting it out and saying, hold on, look at this guy. He, he hasn't gotten nearly the accomplishment that I have in this league. And yet... Y'all paid him. So does Lamar have, a, have, an, have an, a legit argument of that's why I'm waiting because guys like this get paid and I've, I've got more accolades than them? Or is he hurting himself with Jalen getting paid, but Jalen can say, but I brought my team to a Super Bowl. What have you done? That's why I'm getting 51. And I did it this, this young in my career, and I'm only going to get better in the NFC East? Fam, of course. Of course. So this, this is, again, this is where having no agent to counter to do this and to do that like who knows man and i know a lot of these players have have been you know what i'm saying they haven't had haven't had agents you know I mean like the wagners haven't had agents and several other players haven't had agents but they're not playing the quarterback position and the quarterback position is different it's different you know i'm saying there's a lot more claws there's a lot more things a lot more things riding on that stuff right so i don't know man I don't know. Lamar, I want Lamar to get paid. I want him to get his. But man, it's killing his chances when you guys, when you have guys that like Jalen getting paid and you still have Herbert Burrow ahead of you.
that most most people would say they prefer Joe Burrow over Lamar. Rightfully so. He's taking his team to the Super Bowl. He's taking his team high into the playoffs. Like the guy's legit. But we're about to see how good Burrow is when he's down to just Jamar Chase, right? Because they can't keep both him and uh, Higgins forever. But that's that's neither here nor there. But the point is, Lamar, I want you to get your deal. But man, this is tough. This this one is a tough one. But in all of this, forty three million for my guy Josh Allen. <laughs> Brandon Bean nailed it. Good shit, Brandon Bean. Love you. Love to see it. You love to see it. Um, speak. When I say love to see it, I'll tell you what I don't love seeing. I mean, I love to see that we got Josh Allen paid for 43 mil. And uh, and obviously his money's going to start coming in this year. So we're a little strapped for cash right now. Um, but that's something I do love to see. You know what I don't like seeing? Naeem Hines has switched his number to zero. Ugh. Now, zero, I look at zero as like number one. If you're going to be, if you're going to don the jersey number one, that means you were a baller at some point in your life. You know, I'm number one. I'm that guy. Pay attention to me. I'm that dude. And usually the guys that wear number one usually perform like they're the number one guy on the squad. Zero, now that they're going to be giving opportunities to players to wear zero, Naeem Hines decided to take zero. And I and listen, forget about I like Naeem Hines. I'm a, I'm a fan of Naeem Hines. I like what he does. I like what he brings to the team. Like him. I don't like zero for Naeem Hines. I don't like it for him especially. And most people are like, why? Why does it matter if you don't like the you if you don't like the number? Just tells you don't like the number. No, it's not about the number. It's about the number on that player, right? If if somebody's wearing zero, I want to see what zero can do. If someone was wearing number one. I know I'm going to see what number one can do. But if you're wearing zero and we hardly see you on the field, fam, yo, give it to somebody that's going to be showing us something. Like, that's going to be a focal point of this damn offense. And I got to be real. He's not going to be the focal point of this offense. Let's be freaking real. He's not. I'm not being a hater. I'm just telling you he's not going to be. You got James Cook. They just brought in Damon Harris. And now you're there. You're going to be returning the football and part returning. I get all that stuff. That's great. But you're not going to be a focal point in this offense. When you have three freaking running backs on the squad and they're potentially going to draft one, you ain't going to be, you're not going to be a big part of this offense. It's just what it is. Unfortunately, when we have the same back in you and James Cook, <laughs> they're going to choose James Cook over you because James Cook's got the youth and they want to see what he's got. We traded for you, yes, but we traded you, traded for you essentially to be a kick return part returner. And I'm not saying this for hate. I'm saying it for evidence. That's what I've seen on the field. They see you as the special teams guy, and eventually they'll, they'll throw you in there and sprinkle you in on a couple plays, but just not enough for you to be wearing number zero. I'd rather give number zero to, you know what I'm saying, a guy that's going to have impact on the squad. Now, if, for instance, I don't know, um, Dawson Knox changed to number zero, I'd still hate it. <laughs> I would still absolutely hate it, but I would say I'm going to see him on the field. So, you know what I mean? He's going to make some plays. If Kyrie Elam was like, you know what? 24 is no more for me. I'm taking number zero. Okay. Because I know I'm going to see this brother on the field and we want to see what's really good. If Tredavious White did the same thing, I get it. But number zero for 
Neem Hines, Naeem Hines, uh, uh, underwhelming for me. <laughs> underwhelming for me, but that's just me, though. That's just me. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I just don't like it. Agent Zero, I mean, listen, if you're going to call someone Agent Zero, you better be ready to, you know what I'm perform. You know what I'm saying? When you're a special agent, special agents do special shit. And that, that, I, I'm not talking about special teams. I'm not, I don't want to see number zero on spot. I want to see that boy balling and on the field showing me what number zero is about. But anyway, not the player. I'm not hating on the player. I just, I want zero to be on, on the player that's going to be doing a whole, a whole bunch of shit. You know what I mean? Now, I would have hated if the kicker took a zero or someone on the bench took zero because they just wanted to take zero. But don't waste that number. Don't waste that number. If you're going to take some zero, you got you to gotta be someone that does something. Look at Bill. Bill Kinsky's like, well, he took zero because he's going to have zero carries. Don't, be, <laughs> don't do that to him. Don't do it to him, man. Don't do it to him. <laughs> but I get it, man. I get it. Zero. I mean, he wants to be different. And guess what? He's got a buyout. And people, like, you can't just switch your jersey just like that. So whatever, whatever the amount of jerseys they've, they've put into production, did you know that the player has to pay for all those jerseys? Kobe Bryant is, is prime, man. Kobe Bryant went from eight to 24. So he had to buy all of the eight. Now, every stock of eights he had to buy, or they made Nike buy it. Who knows what it is? But you're responsible to buy. You can't just switch your number just like that. Hey, you know what? Josh Allen says, you know what? I'm going to go, instead of being number 17, let me, uh, let me jump to number nine. Right? So it's like... You can't just do that, man. Like your, your jersey is one of the biggest selling jerseys. You just can't do it. You got to buy all the other ones. So Josh would have to buy all the jerseys out. So whatever little jersey sales that, uh, listen, I, I, it sounds like I'm hating, but whatever jersey sales that Naeem Hines had, well, he's got to buy them all out. <laughs> he's got to buy them all out. That's just what it is. James Cook made a switch. That's right. James Cook made the switch to number four. So maybe we'll get to see, you know what I'm saying, the James Cook from college days. Show us what you got, James Cook. Ah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, shout out to my man, D. Manias. What's up, D? Ottawa checking in. Offseason is tough. Slug Rico. Keep up the good work, bro. Offseason is always tough, bro. But you know what? As quickly as the season ended, it seems like it's as quickly as it's going to begin with all the good stuff, right? So it is what it is. Um, moving on. AJ Clown resigned. We love the fact that AJ Clown resigned. At least I like it. Um, I think AJ is, is great depth for this team. I think it's a solid, underrated signing. Uh, for for AJ Klein because I'll tell you man when AJ Klein first came to Buffalo we were hating on AJ Klein because he was getting torched he was getting beat like a random mule he was just getting just owned and then at one point it just clicked and this guy was one of our leading sack sack artists on the team and he was in the right place right time he was just making plays and when we brought him back last year he was doing the very same thing making plays so guess what we brought back a veteran guy that knows his defense, and when he's in it, he does well. Um, so good on good on the the Bills for bringing back AJ Klein. I'm a big fan of that one, um, and uh, we'll see what he brings to the table this year. And speaking of what things are being brought to the table, uh, I had uh, just a couple days ago, a few days ago, um, uh, my, we were in the group chat, chatting in the group chat, and we were talking about like, man, like we need to you know fix that old line, but like excuse me, the D line. And, but like, you know what I mean? What do we need to do to fix this D-line and who needs to step up? And and the the sack totals were coming up. And check this out, folks. We had A.J. Epinesa had six and a half sacks last year. Six and a half sacks. A very quiet six and a half sacks. 
And he only had like 375 plays. As opposed to the 400 plus plays, I think it was like 450 plays from Greg Rousseau playing 45% of the snaps. And Greg had eight sacks. Mind you, he did miss two games. He did miss two games, but nonetheless, the third leading sack artist on our team was AJ Epinesa. AJ, I believe, is going into his what fourth year. Could it be that AJ was just coming on? And with more opportunities, he can provide more of that get around the corner, speed rush, get to the quarterback, and finish. I mean, at six and a half sacks, he had 88 less snaps than Greg Rousseau. And I and I'm a, and we are a big fan of Greg Rousseau. We think Greg Rousseau is gonna have a monster year coming up. He has to, he's going into his third year. Some might say that that might be the same thing happening for AJ Epinesa. And I'm one of them that ah AJ Epinesa is under I mean he's underwhelming like I just there's nothing there's nothing that stands out about him and then you go back and start looking at statistics and and I know statistics don't tell the story but sometimes they do tell the story and the story that I'm catching off of this is like give me more opportunities and I'll probably give you more which is very interesting because after Von Miller obviously hurt and after Greg Rousseau it's Epinesa. And after Epinesa, it's a big drop down. It's a big drop down. So maybe a little more from AJ Epinesa, a little more opportunity. Maybe he cashes in on his opportunity. I'd like to see him build off of that six and a half sacks. That's huge. Especially with Von Miller, probably not going to be ready for week one. So we're going to need everything we got from our depth players. We're going to need everything we got from the young guns that we have on the squad. And what makes this a little more encouraging, what makes this a little more encouraging of me mentioning Epinesa is the fact that we've got a new defensive play caller. And that is Sean McDermott. And here's Brandon Bean talking about Sean McDermott going back to calling plays. The reason he does this, like if he was sitting down here with us right now, he would say, yes, I know I should have run out of bound there. Yes, I know I should have slid right there. That's the wrong clip I wanted to play. <laughs> I had the clip, and I may have put the wrong clip. But anyways, it's, it was interesting to say that he's excited to get back onto calling plays. And I can try to play you the audio uh, instead because I, I downloaded but I didn't put the audio in there. So uh, I'm going to find that for us as we play. But the fact is, AJ Epinesa, Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, um, the young players that, that are on this defensive front with a new play caller, uh, a more aggressive play caller in in our guy um sean mcdermott maybe this is what we need so here's the uh the audio clip i didn't get a chance to put it on there but i'll i'll play the auto clip here i'm gonna try to get this uh better on the audio here a little more clear for you guys here we go. I'm gonna try this one more, one more time. One more time here. There we go. Personal in Carolina for us and for him. You know, he's the more it's it's kind of sunken in. He, you know, you see his excitement about calling plays, and that's how he got this job was calling defenses and the successes he had. Um, obviously, I saw that up close and personal in Carolina, and I saw a guy go against uh, you know some really good quarterbacks and and some really good 
offensive, you know, minds, whether it was the head coach or, or the offensive coordinator called plays. And, um, you know, I think it's uh, it'll be good. You know, sometimes change, you know, change always happens in our business. And um, I see a fresh look on his face, like a little bit of excitement to do it. So I think our players uh, will be excited to hear that as well. Well, there you go. So that is why when I'm going back and looking at the statistics and I'm looking at, OK, so like, why do we why do we lack like getting after the quarterback and and what was the issue? And I'm looking at the you know, what I mean, when you go start looking at certain things and certain things pop out, and you're like, what? So you see Epinesa with six and a half sacks. You're like, wait a minute. And I remember some of those days where he did get those sacks. I was like, oh, shit, that was Epinesa that got that. OK. And you realize, damn, he put he put together six and a half quiet sacks. So now tie that into an aggressive play caller. Tie that into a guy that hasn't called plays since he's been in Carolina. Now he's coming back and he's feeling rejuvenated and ready to go. Heck, yeah, I get excited for when I see a guy like Epinesa had six and a half sacks with a defensive play caller that is a very good defensive play caller, but maybe there's a different vibe when it comes to Sean McDermott as opposed to Leslie Frazier. Yeah, Leslie Frazier is more the laid back type. And sometimes you can see it in his defensive play calling where guys are three, four, five, seven, eight, 25 yards back. You know what I'm saying? And letting these guys just eat the underneath. So maybe a guy like Mr. Sean McDermott doesn't allow that crap and we get after it. Cause I remember what, I think it was like a couple years back where, I guess the defense is just lackadaisical and just not doing what they're supposed to do. And guess what? McDermott was like, yo, let me call the plays going forward. And him stepping in and calling the plays had us rejuvenate this defense and get more energy. And we actually, I think we won that game because the play calling changed to a more aggressive style in McDermott. Now I got to respect McDermott because McDermott says I hired you and I'm going to let you run your defense. I'm not going to interfere and do that. I think that was the one time that McDermott said, I'm going to call the plays. Maybe twice he did that, but I remember vividly just once. So the fact of the matter is this. Frazier's out. McDermott is in. So we might see Epinesa get what we, we might get what we need from Epinesa. So I was already, I'm saying, yo, let's try to move on from Epinesa because he didn't do, but you know what? With a new play caller, with a new philosophy, with a new fresh way of getting after the, to pressure the quarterbacks and get, Maybe Epinesa becomes that guy. Maybe Greg Rousseau, he steps in and, and, and he's huge in this in this whole new, new I guess, uh, new vision behind this, this play calling because that's what it comes down to, right? McDermott might have seen it one way and Frazier might have seen another. The job gets done, but maybe McDermott feels that, you know what I mean, I can get that job done, just a little bit more flair, a little bit more pizzazz when it comes to it. So I look forward to seeing this defense this year and I look forward to seeing our guy doing it. and. You heard it from Brandon Bean, man. There's a sense of excitement coming from McDermott. He's excited to get back to calm plays. So, shit, we might get Epinesa to 10 sacks. And, yes, he's going into a final year of his deal as well. So, a lot of these guys are motivated to get that money. This defensive front, like my man Bobby put uh, put together on the Instagram page. If you guys have not checked our Instagram page, check out our Instagram page. Um, it's right there in plain sight. This defensive front, as much as we love our defensive front, but there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on with this defense and uh, and this defense right now. There's 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 going to be a lot of changes next year. There's going to be a lot of changes next year, because if you really look, look at what's going on, the defensive tackle signed after 23. Zero. We've got none. We've got none. And we've got one defensive end signed after 2024. So. Is this potentially a draft that you have to get a defensive end? 
for depth, for, for longevity. Think about it because once that fifth year deal comes up for Epinesa, that's big, excuse me, not for Epinesa, for Greg Rousseau, that's big money. That's big money right there. So we've got to make decisions potentially right now. So I bring this up because a lot of times we're looking at, man, we should, we should jump in on the offense and, and, and take care of the offense and get these, these drafts going on the offense. But it might just make sense for us to look at going defense again. Unfortunately, I know people don't want to hear that, but it just makes sense when you look at who's going to be left on this team the next couple of years, right? Tim Settle, I think we signed him on a two-year deal, so he's in his final year. I'm, I'm sure we can move on from him next year if we need to, if we want to. I doubt we will, but that potentially could be the case. Daquan Jones, you know what I'm saying? Another year on this deal. Um, obviously, Von Miller is going to be around for a while, but we, we don't know how long. I mean, he's older. He's just coming off a major knee injury. A lot of questions are starting to arise, and that's why you cannot believe anything that you hear coming out from Brandon Bean and any of these owners that are out there because it's lion season. Yeah, I mean, they might be making you focus on receiver and offensive side of the ball, and it doesn't happen. And uh, and we go from there, man. So this 27th pick, I mean, I'm going to start changing my mind as this goes on. Like, I was – obviously, I have my reasons as to what player I want, but what makes sense for the team is receiver. I said it. And Zay Jones – Zay Jones, you got me saying Zay, Zay Flowers – might be that guy that makes sense for this Bills team. And could it could it be? But then me doing mock drafts, Zay Flowers was gone. And a whole bunch of these top prospects were gone. So I was like, oh, sh so what am I to do? So now I'm looking at these, these other receiving pieces. And this receiving Tank Dell has been catching my eye. I started looking at film on Tank Dell. And I was like, ooh, I like this cat. He's a smaller receiver. But boy, can he get separation. He's got great feet. So those are the things that get Stefan Diggs where he's at. Stefan Diggs ain't the fastest. He ain't the biggest. But boy, does he have great feet. And boy, can he get separation. And this is, this is, this is what is going on. And I know you guys want to hear me talk about Bijan Robinson. But listen, I got to be realistic. Not, well, it's not what Rico wants. If, if they draft him, great. But it's not what I want. It's what I think is best for the team. And right now, if they were to draft the running back, I have my reasons as to why it would be great. But right now... If you look at this, this to the totality. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill quality of this team defensive end might be an option might be an option to do it they're saying dt a defensive tackle if anybody drops down into that 27th range actually you know what based on what brandon bean said if anybody drops down once he gets into that 20 and he starts realizing okay who's available what can i do to trade up so on and so forth he might do it but he also said, if you're a betting man, you better put your money on me most likely to trade out and trade down rather than trade up. And then he goes, but you never know what can happen. And he's right. You never know what can happen on the draft day. I didn't think he was going to draft Kyrie Elam or let alone move up to draft Kyrie Elam, but he did. But he did. You know what I'm saying? You never know. He might even go after Dewan Jones. 
He's talking about, oh, I support Spencer Brown, and Spencer Brown is that guy, and this, that, and the third. Well, if he drafts the right tackle, he was capping all over the internet on Spencer Brown. You know what I'm saying? Giving Spencer Brown that, that love, but it's not fake love. Is that Drake fake love? No, no, no. We don't, we can't have that. You know what I'm saying? But Scott, <laughs> Scott Blake says, yo, Rico wants Robinson. Listen, man. I'm I'm trying to like put my feelings. Aside. Listen, I got my feelings broken last week. Last last year, my heart was broken, and I'm not putting myself in that position again. If we draft a running back, great. But when I look at the totality of this draft and what we need, it just makes more sense to go and grab that receiver. Because if you look at that receiver room, like I said, like I said, Gabe Davis in his final year of his contract. There's the rumors floating around on D Hop, so we don't know O line. It's in flux. We've made some free agent pickups, so we might leave it that way. Uh, we can move to any direction, but defensive end might be the right the route we might go. Linebacker, who knows? Who knows what happens, man? Who knows? So we'll we'll see how that how this all plays out at the end of the day. But uh, but more so when I look at this defensive front, I think we should shine a more of a light on Epinesa with that six and a half sacks, man. That that quietly came about, and let's not forget, man. He's a He's a second round draft pick. Could he have been? Was he drafted a little high? Who knows? That was one draft pick that I was like, AJ Panessa, okay. Who the heck is that? Right. So, but he's still in his rookie contract. He's still got time to develop and make some good things. He had a year with with uh with Von Miller. Everyone learned from Von Miller. So maybe that's what he got, man. He got a glimpse of that. So a little more time with Vaughn and a little more time in OTAs and camp and all that stuff, he might be a player to watch, especially with Vaughn coming off of injury. Um, so we'll see how that plays out, folks. We'll see how that plays out. But uh, big things are happening. Josh is back in camp. He's ready to roll. Um, and uh, listen, man, this is a big year. And I'm surprised by it, but people are still betting for the Bills to win the Super Bowl. People are still betting for the, the Bills to win the Super Bowl. After that disastrous failing way that we ended our season i'm thinking people were going to be out on the bills man the bills are frauds i ain't ain't picking these guys no way but they also realized that there was some banged up bills on this team so these guys are going to be way way healthier and uh we'll see we'll see how this all shakes out and plays out but this draft is huge this draft is huge and i'm probably going to change my mind so right now i'm sitting at receiver receiver is the position that i would i'm thinking that the bills are going to go for but I'm also looking at defensive tackle. I'm also looking at linebacker. I don't personally think that linebacker is going to be chosen in the first round. I'm, I, the more I'm reading things and the more I'm seeing things and shake out, I don't think linebacker is going to be in the first round. I just don't think so. And um, watch them draft a linebacker in the first round. But I just don't see there going to be anybody in the first round they're going to draft. If anybody is worthy enough to be drafted in the first round, position-wise, it would be receiver. So if we can trade down, and get into into the second round and, and get you know I mean two second round picks nice close and somewhat high and try to get a second one and, and high in the second round then we got ourselves we just picked up something we can make something happen but until then it's speculation it is all speculation as to what we do so um those are kind of those are the things i wanted to touch on guys um not a whole lot um going on other than the draft and people doing mock drafts we're gonna have our mock draft with uh next week uh, i think it's gonna be next week monday and uh, so it's going to be me, uh, my man Rev. Uh, we've got my man uh, Z-Bot's going to be showing up. we got my man uh, 
P money. Pierre's going to be showing up and showing his face. And uh, we're going to get our, our draft specialist in there. And then we can talk about it. Right. Um, but it's, it's going to be fun, man. But I was ESPN's got their. I don't know if you guys are, are doing the mock drafts, but ESPN is um, is out there. They've got their mock simulator. And um, so go out there and get that, man. You can do trades. You can do all that stuff. But you can only trade for for picks. Uh, you can't put player trades in there. But, yeah, go ahead and try that out, man. Uh, I don't know the draft enough. And, and we're one week away. <laughs> it's crazy uh, for me to go and give you seven rounds of of like this. Because I'd just be guessing at the end of the day. I, I've made it myself up to like round four, round five-ish. And I think that's pretty good. It's pretty good for now. But uh, we'll see how this plays out, man. We'll see how this plays out. I see my man Jeff King's in the building. What's up, Jeff? I see you, Jeff. Glad you're back uh, with the family and home safe. Buddy, what a trip of a lifetime. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible trip. But I will say this. Delta, excellent. Excellent, excellent. And I was able to watch TV on there. That was, that was, it was great. A Wi-Fi online in the air. What? <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm all over that. I'm all over that. But as for these, these other airlines, man, man, there's like, there's like, there's the two or three top tiers and the rest are just around hovering around each other. You know what I'm saying? But we made it. We made it as what it is. So uh, question period, we, it's, it's about, I've got another, another five to 10 minutes. So if you have any questions, concerns, let me know. If you have uh, draft questions, free agent questions, let me know. Talk to me and uh, we'll go from there, man. So I'm going to scroll through some of these um, and, uh, and hit some of these comments here. My man, Anthony Rufus. What's up, Anthony? Anthony comes in and says, yo, Bill's needs are receiver, O-line, defensive defensive end and linebacker you might as well throw uh running back kicker punter you know what i'm saying this guy's got all their needs out there right um but if that's how you have them lined up then yeah man i think receiver o-line i'm not i'm not so sure the o-line is the the great the biggest need because i mean we we brought in we brought in some depth pieces depth pieces um for this for this team we're okay. I mean, the, and we got Spencer Brown coming back. They feel great about Spencer Brown. So, I mean, what more, what more do, do the Bills need to do? Really and truly, what more do the Bills need to, to do, man? So, a lot of the guys we, we brought back, and I, Barker is going to get his opportunity to compete. Uh, Mitch Morris is back at it. You know what I mean? We got guard David Edwards. That's supposed to be a pretty decent player. So David Edwards is going to be here. You got McGovern that's going to be there. So, like, we've got some decent pieces on the squad. So I don't know if O-line is going to be one of the, the draft picks, at least for the first, the first round. First and second round, I don't know if that's going to be doing that. I don't know if it's going to be doing that. Uh, Visible says, Yo, Rico, are you watching the draft? And if you are, where do you watch it? So um, I'll be live streaming. So I'll be on here live streaming with my mans, with my guys. And... Uh, we will be uh, we will be live, man. So I have, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my little TV to the side, and or I might even stream it off my laptop, my other laptop. So I have it streamed on the laptop, and then live streaming next to you guys. So we'll be simultaneously watching together and and uh, and commenting and actually live reaction. If you guys remember last year, I was absolutely soul crushed. I was soul crushed when the Jets traded up and grabbed. Brees Hall. I was soul crushed. You guys saw my face. I really was genuinely hurt. <laughs> I was hurt. And then I was like, all right, well, we'll get Kenneth Walker. Gone. Kenneth Walker. Gone. So the I, to me, I feel the Bills panicked and said, we need a running back. James Cook. Next best. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on James Cook. I'm putting a lot of pressure on James Cook. If he's going to be our RB1 like you all say that he is going to be, 
then I'm putting mad pressure on James Cook. James Cook better be that dude. But we got to get the old line ready. No, I'm not hearing that. You guys feel like he's that good? You feel he's elite like that? Well, elite backs don't need elite linemen. Hate to break it to you. You know what I'm saying? When you're an elite back, you don't need that. And that's what, to me, Bijan would give you. But some folks say, ah, not so much. You're, you're, you're just as good with Mr. Cook himself. So guess what? We're going to let James cook. And he better cook me a damn good meal. You better cook me a good meal. But anyway, <laughs> I digress here. Uh, my man, Rev. What's up, Rev? I see you, Rev. Rest of your NFL mock draft database is great simulator. I prefer it over PFF. The NFL mock draft. draft. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll definitely check that one out. Uh, the ESPN one just came out. It's a very skeleton-like uh, board, but nonetheless, it's pretty good. Pretty good indeed. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Questions, concerns. My man, Ronald Wrigley. What's up, Ron? Ronald Wrigley says, yeah, I agree, Rev. Done a few of them myself. So I'm gonna, I guess I gotta check out the NFL one. I'll check out the NFL one as well. My man Richard Ford. What's up, Rich? Rich says, yo, come on, Rico. You know our O line, what our O line is. Our O line is average to above average. I think our O line is average to above average. And uh, and that's good enough in this league when you have an elite receiver and an elite quarterback. That's because the, the elite quarterback has got escapability, he's got pocket presence. You know what I'm saying? And the ability to see things. So when you have a quarterback that has no pocket presence and no timer in their head, that's when you need an elite line. So this guy can have time to, to process and do that stuff. But in the NFL, you don't got a whole lot of time to process, man. So that's why things got to come quick to you. So a guy like Josh Allen that sees things visually in his head and he sees things anticipated beforehand, it is great. So with our team, specifically with our quarterback, you don't need an, an elite online. You just need a serviceable O-line. But I know that we, we needed to upgrade some pieces. Roger Saffold was not great last year. Roger, Roger Saffold was not great, and that is why they did not retain his services. Because he wasn't great. He just was not great. So there's going to be a lot of battling going on. David, Ed, David Edwards is on the squad. McGovern's on the squad. Ryan Bates is in there. Um, so we're going to see where this all plays out. We're going to see where this all plays out. We'll see how that plays out for sure. I got a, I got a comment from Ron Covert. What's up, Ron Covert or Ron Covert? says, uh, Rico, do you think the Bills front office and head coaches, um, so head coaches be in trouble if they egg, if they lay an egg this season, like Mike Floyer said? I'm going to tell you this, man. They've got a hit. This is the draft that the Bills have to hit. They must hit. They can't miss. They can't miss on this draft because we've got too much talent at key positions on this team for you not to fill in and have role players come in. Not only that, this draft has to have players that are ready to contribute right off the bat. And they're already kind of kind of prepping us by Brandon Bean putting out there that, he doesn't see any first-round grades on these players. You know what I'm saying? So, like, okay, if you don't see any first-round grades, that's fine. But you better find team players that fit this team that can contribute right away. So where the real question is, where is it on this team? And this is a question that goes to everybody else. That's a great question, by the way. Um, where is it on this team where you can instantly put someone to contribute right off the bat? Forget about specifically a player out of this draft, but what position – on this team where you're like, you know what? We absolutely need someone that can come in and replace the player and contribute right off the bat. Where is it? So I can tell you right now, linebacker is one of those positions. Right now, we need an instant contributor 
to match up with Matt Milano. That's number one. Number two, where is another position? Receiver. Receiver is definitely a position where you need someone to just jump in and come in and be an instant contributor right off the bat. Because if you don't, I don't want to use the word stuck, but I'm going to use it. You're stuck with, and I'm not going to put uh, Stefan Dixon there, but you're stuck with Deontay Hardy. You're stuck with uh, the receiver from um, from uh, from the Miami Dolphins. I think it's sure, sure something. I can't remember what it was. And and that's it. Like obviously you got Kalusha Kier that is unknown right now, so we we don't know what he's going to present to us. But like, I need an instant contributor. And Khalil, we didn't get to see enough from Khalil last year for her to say, yep, he's going to step right in. And he's going to do that thing. Gabe Davis. He's got the experience. He's going to do what he's supposed to do. So right now, as of right now, it's going to be Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, Khalil Shakir. That's how I see it. And we'll sprinkle in uh, Deontay Hardy. But like, I can easily see a receiver being drafted that can jump right in and contribute right off the bat. They're going to have to compete, but they're going to have to contribute right off the bat. And they got to be good enough. They have to be good enough if you're going to draft them. So the real question is, is Zay Flowers or is is Nate Dell, uh, Tank Dell, good enough to come and take snaps away from Gabe Davis? Is he good enough to take snaps away from the second player in Khalil Shakir that we, as Bills fans, were wanting him to get on the field? So where is this player going to come in and contribute? And who are you prepared to and comfortable with them taking away from this player and getting onto the squad? Because a lot of the times you got to draft for the next year. But I also don't want you just to only think of drafting for next year. I want somebody that can commute and contribute right off the bat. At least one guy needs to come in and show me what he's got. Last year, obviously, we had Kyir Elam. Kyir Elam showed out. He had some games where he shut things down. He was looking great. And he had some things where he needs to work on. But this year's a big year for him. But he came in and contributed. At least we know we're going to get more of him next year. It's going to be him and Trey White. Let's go. Linebacker, for sure. Safety, I think we're set at safety. I think we're okay at safety. We don't need to add any more uh, any more other players. We've got Taylor Rapp, the 25-year-old safety we brought in from the Rams. So that's nice depth. That's like a nice depth, a depth piece. And then we have we have uh obviously we have uh, DeMar Hamlin coming back. So we're set. Four safeties, we're good there. Corner, I think we're set. Dane Jackson, Trey White, Kyrie Elam, Cam Lewis was brought back. So you probably, you mean Teron Johnson's there. We might be set in the back end. Defensive line. Defensive line is where you need to have someone because it's Greg Rousseau, it's Boogie Basham, and Boogie Basham, sorry, but I haven't seen enough from Boogie Basham, and we we spent a second-round draft pick on him. Is it fair for me to say that uh, I'm not in on him? Maybe he needs that third year. He's going into his third year. Let's see what he's got. What A.J. Epinesa. I was just talking about A.J. Epinesa. Six and a half sacks. I'd like to see more of A.J. Epinesa. Von Miller's hurt. Ed Oliver. Everybody's talking about, eh, I don't know about Ed Oliver. I've seen too many people say, let's trade Ed Oliver. Get, get out of here and trade his ass. He's trying to get paid, but two and a half sacks for a top 10 pick? I ain't going to cut it, bro. I ain't going to cut it. That ain't going to cut it. Let me, let, me, let me pull up Ed Oliver a quick second, because I, I, I need to bring something up with Ed Oliver. And there's no hate on Ed Oliver, but it's, it's just it's where Ed Oliver got drafted. You got drafted in 2019, and right now, in he's going into year five, and he's got 14 and a half sacks. 
14 sacks for a top 10 pick. Two and a half sacks in 22. That was last year. He had four sacks in 21. He had three sacks in 20. He had nine, and he had five sacks in 2019, his rookie year. He had nine, He had five sacks. He had the most sacks in his rookie year. And one would say that we had the most talented D-line this year. This was the year that he was supposed to do it. A true defensive tackle, one tech. This is your time. Two and a half sacks. Underwhelming. So some might say, it might be defensive tackle that you need to go in there and get an instant contributor. But we rotate the defensive line so damn much. So how much of a contributor are you going to get with a rotated line? AJ Epinesa had 35% snaps. Greg Russo had 45% snaps. We rotate that damn line. So is that a McDermott thing or was that a Leslie Frazier thing? We'll soon find out. We'll soon find out. But those are, those are the, the conversations that should be had. Those are the conversations that should be had, folks. That should be had. I don't know what John Harris saying. He says, Dick is your last name and really shark. <laughs> I, don't know what that, I don't know what that's supposed to be. But anyway, but yeah, man, defensive tackle, bro. Maybe that might be the, the pick. Maybe somebody drops to 27 and that's the pick. We'll soon find out. Visible says, yo, Buffalo doesn't need uh, to draft tight end uh, early in this draft. Um, I don't think they see any any first round draft grades on any tight end in this draft. So a lot of these value picks are going to come in the second and third. If the Bills trade down, even better. So that's going to be a long Friday for us if we see the Bills trade out of the first round. But Friday night, they you know picks days you know what I mean picks two to three, second and third round. That'll be fun. That'll definitely be fun. My man Rev says, yo, Bills have two receivers who are not under contract beyond 2023. Davis and Sherfield. That's what his name was, Sherfield. Hardy's on a two-year deal. They can get out of that after this season. That's the thing. These things are constructed that they can get out of these, these out, of, out, of, out of them, no problem. So really and truly, by next year, we'll have two players under contract. Like you're saying, Diggs and Shakir. So if they decide Hardy didn't work out, they got an out. If they like what they see from Hardy, so be it. So is receiver the way to go? Are we thinking of the future? As we should. So receiver might be the way to go, but do you have a first-round draft grade on one of these receivers? That's what it comes down to. Am I wasting my draft pick on a guy that really supposed to go in the second draft, in the second round? And the question is, can you wait to get this player at pick 59? Because that's our second-round pick. That's a lot of picks before 59. So you got to make a decision. And if you're going to trade down, you better trade down early second round. Early. I'm talking about early. So it doesn't affect you. And now you can, you know, you've accumulated maybe a third or fourth round pick. And now you can parlay that and move back up. So many things can happen. But yeah, Rev is right. Rev is right. We're going to talk about that more on Monday. That is for sure. Joey Hatches, yo, would have been a great pick. A hot sauce garner to Buffalo. Uh, he already has the name. We are the chicken wing capital. Yeah, that would have been a nice pick, but I mean, when you when you pick top 10, that's what you get. You got a nice player like that. And uh, we could have had TJ Hawkinson, but we chose Ed Oliver over TJ Hawkinson. Actually, TJ Hawkinson went before Ed Oliver, but we could have traded up if we wanted to, but I mean, that would have been not the move to make. But anyway, um, but yeah, I remember that that draft was interesting because we had we had the Raiders just botch that with taking Cleveland Farrell. What? Anyway. The Raiders. The Raiders are going to Raider. That's for sure. 
Um, Joey Hatch also says uh, they could trade a third round pick for D Hop and give give him the same contract like they gave Von Miller, but less money over a bunch of years, back loaded and the ways the ways uh, loaded and ways to get out. Oh yeah, listen, money when it comes to the finances in the NFL, these guys will make it work. They find ways. Like the amount of the amount of guys we just signed on one year deals. These last like Jordan Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, AJ Klein. We just signed another lineman. Um, who who knows and who cares? Probably can't body right. All one year deals. I mean, things can be moved around and things can be made uh, to fit your your budget. So I I don't tech I don't technically worry about that. Uh, Debbie Shark, what's up, Deb? Deb says uh, I don't know if you even like people calling you Deb, but uh, Debbie says uh, Rico, do you want D Hop? Well, let me put it this way to you. If D-Hop is available to come onto this team, I'd be silly to say I hate him coming to the Bills because D-Hop is one of the best receivers in the game. Yes, he's over 30. I understand that. Yes, he had some PED issue. Yes, he's had some multiple injuries and, and nagging injuries that's, that's, that's plagued him over the last couple of years. But once he's in, once he's healthy and comes to one of the best medical staff in the game in Buffalo, how could you hate having D Hop next to Stefan Dix with Gabe Davis on the squad and Khalil Shakir and whatever whatever way we can fortify this 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 offense? Maybe by adding a running back or whatever. Maybe we go all in on 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 this offense, right? But you bring D Hop, it changes your offense. And defenses have to play you differently. They can't just load in a double team Stefan Diggs, nor can they load in a double team D Hop because it's respect. Because he will make you pay. He will make you pay. Like he made us pay in the playoffs. When we, when we faced him and Deshaun Watson, he will make you pay. Right? So just keep that in mind. Do I, do I, I don't hate it. Would I want him on the squad? Why not? Right? But it's going to cost too much. They will figure that out. I never worry. Well, it's gonna cost so much. It's not gonna. Boy, why do you care? Every year they make things happen. <laughs> I never understand people say it's gonna cost so much. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. Uh, Josiah, what's up, Josiah? Josiah goes in. He's coming. He's sh- he's shooting a shot from from Facebook. What's up, man? Uh, Josiah says, "Yo, bro, Bean has been number one. Sorry, bro, Bean has had has Bean has bad number one picks. His brains." Like, damn, let's pick someone who nobody will pick. Uh, not necessarily, not necessarily, because a lot of times we needed that interior pressure. And when we brought in Ed Oliver, I can't tell you that I wasn't excited because I was. I was excited. I was like, this is like the next Aaron Donald. Watch out. Same size. You know what I mean? You know what we do. We always make up, not make up, but we we psych ourselves up and we make it, we get ourselves excited because we think we're going to get the next because he how he was in college and he was this and he was that underwhelming he hasn't lived up to it he just hasn't lived up to it so um i don't worry about how, what bean picks it's it's like listen man he also picked josh out he also picked tremaine Edmonds, right so he's he's got some he's got some good picks under himself so i mean and josh allen being the biggest one some might say he got lucky but you know what he made the pick nonetheless he moved in he could have picked anybody but he picked him so josh allen was the pick and you can't really hate can't really hate. Uh, Rico, thank you for answering my question. Do you think Oliver would be good at end? No. His arms are too short. You know what I'm saying? You got it. You got it. When you're a defensive end, 
you got to have long arms. That's why they, they, they harp on 34 inch arms, 36 inch arms. Like you, because you got to stack up your lineman, see where he's popping. And for old lineman as well, you need long arms. You have little short T-Rex arms, boy, what the way I'm going to jack you up and hold you up and do what you got. And you're trying to reach me and you can't because your T-Rex arms can't do nothing. So I mean, these short arms, they don't cut it. You got 28, 28 inch arms. Uh, ain't going to work. 34, 36, 37, 38. All right. I mean, you got wingspan. So when you jack up a guy and hold him at the point of attack, and now you can control running backs getting out of there, you can jack up the old lineman and grab that running back. You know what I'm saying? Long arms matter. So putting him at the end at 6'1", 280 pounds? No, sir. Him at the end would not work. Not work. Now, you want to stunt him? Stun him from D tackle and move him around? Cool. But have him start off over there, man. A long alignment at right tackle would jack his ass up and he'll stick him right there. That's it. You won't move nowhere. And plus, he has no balance. He's always on his ass anyway. Just saying. No, no hate. Just, just the facts. <laughs> uh, Joey says, yo, Patrick Mahomes was supposedly using enhancing drugs after his ankle injury last playoff season, but he's the NFL's golden boy. Listen, man, these, they, these guys get, get stabbed with so many things that help them get back onto the field is craziness is craziness zach jennings what's up zach zach says nah not unless you get him for one year 1.7 mil (laughs) he ain't worth it for the amount of money and draft capital arizona is foolishly asking for so my man says you shouldn't get d hop unless you can get him for 1.7 mil he says he ain't worth it how could you say a player that is a top receiver in the game is not worth it even i Although I, I would prefer to go youth in the draft, I know that if he were to put on the team, he would be well worth it. He would be worth it because he'd take, there's a respect factor. And when you, when you gain respect from defensive players, that's all you need because now they can't just play you any which way. They got to really calculate how to play you. Go ask the Bills how they prepared for him when he whooped us against the Cardinals and he went up and grabbed it on three cats. You know what I'm saying? Special players do that shit. Special players, man. Three guys had a chance at that ball, and D-Hop said, yeah, thank you very much. So you can't hate on that. You don't want to hate on that. My man rest is, yo, Addison is my guy. If he's there at 27, uh, he's gone. I'll wait on Mims from OU. Uh, same body type and speed as John Brown and contested catchability. Mims is nice. Yeah, my man Rhett was talking about Mims, man. And uh, Mims, I liked what you said. The, the measurables showed me that he's got speed. He can go out there and a great route runner. So. If we pick Mims at 27, then that means he's supposed to be the guy. We'll see. But the point is, you want to grab somebody, especially in the first round, that's going to, A, contribute right off the bat. And if it's going to be a receiver, that receiver's got to strike fear into the defense back. So you got to be fast. You got to stretch the field. You got to be able to do all those things. We can't have a guy that's just, he's got good speed. We need elite speed. And I, I saw him with a 4-3 speed. So that's nice. So we'll take that. All right, I got a, f- a few more questions I'm going to take, and then I get out. I'm going to head out of here because uh, this is a late night. This is a late night. Um, Yardy, what's up, Yardy? Yardy man says, uh, yo, the X factor is what kind of Josh we get uh, this term. <laughs> He's my man. He's Canadian. He says, hey, how, how did they handle the emotions, the disappointment into the season? It was disappointing, man. But a lot of times when you end a season with such, like, just, it was just so... The way we lost that game was uneventful. It was just uninspiring. It was just a whole bunch of just, man, it was just, pfft, we didn't come with it. 
So like that's got to burn you inside. So coming into the season, you better be motivated to get his at to get after that. So I think he's gonna be ready to go. So the X factor is obviously obviously gonna be Josh, and he's got to come in and handle business. That's what he's got to come do, man. Cody Benz, what's up, Cody Benz? What's happening, bro? Because you'll love that. All Giants fans are mad about Jones while uh, while Oliver stayed put. Oh, buddy, 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 buddy. <laughs> You know how that's going to go, man. You know how that's going to go. My man Bobby Ray says, yo, Russo was a good pick. Bomb the rest of the draft, though. Russo was a boot pick, but that second draft pick, I was like, what? Like, if you go back, if you go back to the 20, was it the 20, the 2020, 2021? The 2021 draft. Because I need to go back to remember what, uh, who we drafted. Because, I mean, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. So the 2021 draft pick, we, we, we drafted, obviously we drafted Greg Rousseau. Then we drafted Carlos Basham, right? Boogie Basham. Then we, then we had Spencer Brown, Tommy Doyle, Marquez Stevenson cut, DeMar Hamlin coming back, Rashard Wild Goose, jacked off our, our our team and then jack anderson was jacked off our team so really the only people that's left on this team from that draft is carlos and we got boogie basham greg rousseau spencer brown tommy doyle and obviously demar hamlin so five we had nine picks that that and we have five guys left on the squad yikes so i mean i mean it's a compliment if somebody goes in and grabs Rashard Wild Goose and Jack Anderson. It's a compliment. But my goodness, man. My goodness. Not a not a not an inspiring draft. Not an inspiring draft class. It really isn't. And I'm and the biggest question mark this year, this coming up, is 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 Carlos Basham. What are we going to get from Carlos Basham? Like, really? Is he better suited inside? Is he more of a Shaq Lawson? If he's more of a Shaq Lawson, then why the heck did we freaking re-sign Shaq Lawson? If we have Carlos Basham, that's supposed to be like a Shaq Lawson. He ain't no freaking sack artist, that's for sure. He ain't getting after it. He ain't no specialist. So, like, what's up? Honestly, I'm asking questions because I'm like, I'm not hating on the guy, but, like, I'm not seeing anything I, I love about, about Boogie. And then we go and sign Shaq Lawson back. So, like, what's the point? So anyway, that's uh, it's 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 interesting that that my man Bobby brought that up because it it it, it it's proving some points here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Justin Watkins, thank you for that super chat. I appreciate that. Justin Watkins comes in and says, "Yo, how would you feel if we drafted another edge in the first two rounds?" I personally would jump off the nearest elevated <laughs> structure. I'm saying to you guys, do not be surprised if we do. Do not be surprised if we do because if you look at it. And you look at back, look back at, go back to the Instagram and go see what Bobby put on his on the Instagram page. If you look at the defense, after next year, we're in trouble. We're in trouble with a lot of guys on one year deals. So it makes sense to build for the future, and it makes sense to try and get something that's worthwhile that can get after the quarterback. You need something that can do that, and there are some decent pass rushers in this draft, and some might fall to the Bills. So this is where we're going to have to make a decision. So if we happen to draft a defensive end in the first round, you best believe that defensive end is going to be someone that contributes right off the bat. And they better. They better. So, but we'll see. 
Things can change. We probably trade down. You just never know these days. You just never know. My favorite Buffalo Bill of all time is the best defensive player of all time. Football, as long as I've been, is Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith is a classic. Bruce Smith is a classic, and we haven't had a Bruce Smith in a minute. My man Bobby says, yo, they still need to sign a vet defensive end probably after the draft, I bet. And there are some good guys that are still out there. Like Ngakwe, Ngakwe was it, um, what's his name? Uh, what's his first name, Ngakwe? But Ngakwe is still out there. So there's some good players still out there that uh, that we can definitely go and get on the cheap, especially after this draft, because right now, Everybody's filled their team. So now anybody that, that, if you really want the bargain bin, this is where you go and get your bargain bin after the draft. Yannick, that's his name. Yannick Ngakwe is still, I believe, a free agent. So, and he can get out to the quarterback. And he just went, not too long ago, was a coveted defensive end. So, and he's a free agent right now. So there's some, there's still some guys out there that can, that can really do the job. So let's see, let's see how this plays out, man. My man Rev is getting after Bobby. He says, yo, Bobby, I don't appreciate you coming from my boy Campbell like that. If you guys haven't seen the footage that my man Bobby put together on Jack Campbell and why Jack Campbell is not that guy, uh, go ahead to the Instagram page and go look it out. And he's in the stories right now. And he lays it out. There's footage right there. I mean, everybody wants to talk about the good film and the highlights, right? It's cool. I get it. But you got to, you, not every player is flawless, right? And some players and some people are talking about how great Jack Campbell would be on this team. But knowing you got to know the good and the bad. And Bobby lays it out. I know you guys like Jack Campbell, but go ahead and look at the Instagram page and look at the clip and put this and Bobby put a put a little, little something together for you guys. So you can see for yourself what kind of player you're going to be getting when it's when it's not all, you know, what I'm saying glitz and glam. Right. The same things we were bashing and getting after made Edmonds. A lot of that was showing up on film. So. Be careful what you wish for, Bills fans. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. And I think Bills fans, I think we're smarter than that to know what works for this team and what doesn't. And I know Brandon Bean is probably going to, he's, he's going to do the best he can for the squad. So we shall see. We shall see. Um, Sean Reeb says, yo, Basham is a bubble cut. Wouldn't that be something, right? We draft him in the second round just for him to get cut. Golly, and all depending on what we do at the draft. So you're right. We might even trade him. He might be even a, a draft day trade. So keep that in mind as well. It might be a draft day trade. So we'll see how that plays. Um, Rev says, yo, I blame that draft on COVID. Uh, hard when you, can, you can't get uh, to see anyone. Uh, <laughs> but hey, um, I mean, everybody was in that position, man. This is where you got to trust your scouts. And if your scouts are telling you one thing, and then you get this player in the building and he's opposite. You got to blame your scouts because you're the one who sent them out to do all the good stuff. All these meetings, all that shit. That's just to confirm what they've seen on the tape and all that good stuff. Your scouts are, have done the work. So now you got to trust your scouts. The question is, are, you, are your scouts doing their job? Are your scouts doing their job? My man Jeff King comes in and says, hey, man, listen, there is no player guarantees. You're right. But, but we got to do your homework. The team has got to do their homework to know what you can guarantee from this player, right? What do you see consistently on film from this player? And is this going to work? But you, you're right, though. You come in, 
They might get shell shock. Holy shit, I'm in the NFL. These boys are too big for me. Who knows? They might piss down their leg. I don't know. But you're right. Nothing is ever guaranteed. Like, we were not guaranteed to get the Josh Allen we got. The minute we Josh, we drafted Josh Allen, I was like, ooh, I don't know. But guess what? Josh Allen didn't start off too hot. And it was, and people were poo-pooing all over Josh Allen. And he, they were right. This is why it was inaccurate. But he had this something. He had this something. And look at what we got right now. So you're right. There's no player guarantees. But you better wish <laughs> our guys do their homework and go from there. Uh, Sean Reeves said, yo, Jack Campbell is like a Paul Puzlesny. Ooh, that's a good comp, man. Because it's funny, because I was actually saying that the other day. I was like, yo, he's, he, I'm trying to see who he reminds me of. He's not super athletic. He's not like left, right, center. Like you can, he's not, he's no Devin White, but he's, uh, he's not a bad linebacker, but he's got his faults. He definitely has his faults. But you got a guy like Milano that can kind of cover those faults. So you never know, might be the right fit. I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Um, let me take a couple more comments, questions, concerns. And then I'm going to get my black ass out of here. Uh, Eddie says, yo, always will be more bust than hits. Got to find, got to find the gems in the undraft market. And then we'll see from there. I'm going to, I got a phone call coming in from, from New York. So let me just pick this phone call up. Cause I think I know who it is, but we're going to pick this up. This is the hotline, the Buffalo fanatics. Who am I speaking with? Hey, buddy, how are you? <laughs> who is this? You know who it is. It's <laughs> Jeff King, brother. <laughs> Love it. What's up, Jeff? Talk to me, baby. What's happening, baby? I'm doing well, brother. You know, um, yeah, I'm glad you guys made it home from Florida, okay? Uh, you know, I heard it's pretty treacherous down there. Dude, it was t- dude floods everywhere. With the neighborhood we were in? The Where, whereabouts were you, man, if you don't mind me asking? Four, I was in Fort Lauderdale's in Hollywood. Hollywood? Hollywood for Lauderdale? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I lived there back in the 80s, man. Oh, yeah. shit. You, you know, when, it, when, when it's nice, it's nice. And when it's bad, it's bad. Man. Buddy, the, the thing was flooded. Like, I was like, where's the draining system? Like, what's going on in this in this place? It, it, they, just, they, let the, they, they just let the hot weather just evaporate the, the water, and everybody goes about their business. I was like, shit, all right, then. I oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's you know they're used to it, man. It is what it is. But yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, not to take up your time, buddy, because I don't know if you got to go work tonight or if you're off or what. But, talk to me. Talk to me. You know, get on this draft thing. Mm. Hey, hey, here's the whole thing, man. It, it, it's 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 a crapshoot. You, you just don't know. It's a crapshoot. You know, when Boogie Basham. When we snagged him, you know, you know, after Russo, mm-hmm. I was like, holy smokes, man. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. This is like hitting Powell at the freaking casino. I'm like, you got, it's unbelievable. But you've seen what it's developed into, unfortunately. Now, I'm not saying he's not going to come out and have a stellar year, which I hope he does for mm-hmm. us. But on the same token, you, you don't know, man. You know, all the statistics. All the film you watch, everything you can go through, you just don't know don't. until the end. You're right, and that's the unfortunate process of all. And, and and I'm glad you brought you brought it up because like we draft a, a Stevie Johnson in the seventh round. You're thinking, Stevie yeah, Johnson absolutely. Just, you're, he's just going to be a special teams guy and so on and so forth. Then he comes in and is one of the better receivers that Buffalo's had in a long time, and kind of put Buffalo back. Absolutely. On so you just never know. You just never know. You're right about that. And then you can go and into the Steve Tasker, another one. Who, whoever thought 
Steve Tasker would be the name that he is. Nobody. You damn right. You Nobody. Damn right. Who? Whoever thought Josh Allen would be what he was? I mean, every every skeptic out there, every you know, oh my God, they're out of their minds. Blah blah blah. Too too many flaws. This that. Blah blah blah. The other thing. You just don't know. Man. No, it's it, it's a crapshoot. They're so it right. Is. And uh, you're so and you know what? And you, you know, just, uh, you just don't know when you have a guy ahead. like T.J. Graham, the great T.J. No, Graham. No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, we're all high on this. We're all high on this linebacker coming out. Mm. Well, you know, who was Milano, man? I mean, Milano wasn't really high on the board. He was the same. I mean, he was great, a great college player, but you look at his size. He's not a prototypical, prototypical guy you would want. Okay, mm. he doesn't have great size. Okay, he's more of like a. How do I want to put this? When Jack Lambert came out, nobody wanted him too thin, too tall. Jack Lambert's like one of the all-time, I I don't know if you're familiar with Jack Lambert, but like one of the all-time greats for uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, that one bar. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) the one bar, exactly. (laughs) Too tall, too skinny, couldn't do it. You know, nobody believed in the guy. I get, you know, again, what I'm coming back to is, it's a wait and see thing, man. That's yep. the unfortunate thing. It's a wait and see. We're all going to get hyped and pumped, and we got this guy, we got that guy. Just like last year when we got freaking Cook. Oh, you know, he, well, he's going to be Delvin. No, he's not, man. He's not. I still regret, I'm not going to lie to you, I still regret the Brees Hall thing. I don't mm-hmm. care if he got injured or not. We wouldn't have used him that much. You think so? And he, he, no, we would not have used him like the Jets used him. The Jets used him as a cowbell. Yes, they did. We could have used him as a weapon. That's the unfortunate part. We could have used him as a weapon rather than a cowbell. He carried the Jets through, through six games. Yeah. That's the unfortunate part, my friend. No, I get it. I get but it, man. You get what I'm saying, man. Yep. It's... Uh, We'll wait and see, man. We'll, we'll see what comes, and I'm looking forward to the draft. And uh, so, hold on before you before you hopefully before you get pick off, up. A, yeah, go ahead. Before you get off, so I I want to know because uh, I want to know what the great Jeff King, uh, position wise. You don't have to give me a player, but if you're looking at your top three positions that you feel that we need to draft someone to contribute into these positions. And I was trying to figure out where I wouldn't call it weaknesses, but where would I look at our positions on this team? I say, that's where I need to fill a role and I need someone to come on that squad. So your, your, your top three positions that you feel the bills should draft in terms of their need. My top three, top three. Okay. Uh, well, a lot of people won't like this. Um, I still have faith in Gabe Davis. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. I still, I, I can't believe that a man could drop off that much. I think, I just think he might've believed a little bit of his own hype after the first season. Okay. And, you know, after that, you know, that phenomenal game against Kansas city, not to draw it out, but I, I, you know, I think he might've started biting into his own hype, but I think he has the potential to be what he was in that that. season, which was phenomenal. I, I thought he was phenomenal for where we grabbed him. And what he was, you know, it was like, wow. You, you want to talk about a home run, man. It was a home run. But I still have faith in him. I do. Um, 
I've got to be honest with you, brother. I, I still want another pass rusher. I hate to say it, man. Okay. Epinesa has not panned out to what he should be. Boogie has not panned out to what he should be. Um, Roussel, I mean, that you know, granted he had some decent numbers last year. Mm-hmm. He's not a dominating force, man. He's not. And that's what I want. I want another dominating force. Like me, you know, like everybody, we're all dreamers. We all want another LT. Yeah. We, you know, we want that guy who's going to go in there and disrupt the entire game. Of course we do. That's never going to happen again, but that's what I would like. And um, the running back game, you know, I'm going to leave that alone for right now. <laughs> okay. uh, at least we got somebody in the goal line who can get the ball in. I do think we need to beef up the offensive line, man. I, I, I definitely think we need to shore that up. Are we a 13-win team like we were last year? No, hell no. I just looked at the schedule today. Hell no. So where do you see? No, I'm you sorry, man. No, no. Nine. I see us making wins? a playoffs. I see us making a playoffs, but I also see if, uh, you know, our offensive coordinator doesn't start changing shit up. I see us in a worse position than we were last year, Speak to on be that. honest with you, because everybody's moved up to us. Everybody's caught up to our game, especially in our division. Yep. If Rodgers goes to the Jets, well, you know, that could be a bust or it could be a blow-up. I mean, you don't know. He, he may light it up because he's pissed off, you know. he just come out of the cave for freaking four days. God knows, you know, what he saw in there, but. You know, maybe Jesus. I don't know. Maybe Jesus told him something. I don't know, but <laughs> All right. you get what I'm saying. I, Nobody knows. Our division is so wide open right now. Miami's doing nothing but getting better all the time. Same with the Jets. And, and, and I'm looking at this gauntlet we got to run through. You got the AFC East, or yeah. AFC East first of all. Yep. Then the NFC West, which I guarantee you, Sean Payton is not going to allow Denver to play like they played last year. It's not going to happen. Heck no, they won't. So we got them, the Raiders, Kansas City, of course, once again for the last freaking three years. How they end up on our schedule for three years in a row is beyond me. But that's the way it is. No, you you are. But no, I do not see us. I see us making the playoffs, but. It's not going to be an easy road, brother. Unless something phenomenal happens during this offseason, these guys finally sit down and say, you know what? We we went from being the hype to the joke, which I, I hope is the case because yeah. that's what they did. Yep, you right. went from being the hype to the joke when you get your ass smashed by Cincinnati at home. Oh boy. And I'm hoping they took I'm hoping they took that into account. I don't give a shit about all the emotional shit. I get it. It's real. That's it. Guess what? That's last year. You better come into this year and you better be fired up and say, we're not going to be the joke. Okay. Where nobody's bitch anymore. We're here to bitch people. That's, that's the, it. That's the hope. That is that. That well, is the hope, my brother. That's the hope. We'll see what happens, buddy. But, you know, I'm looking forward to the season. Looking forward to the draft. I don't put much stock in it because, you know, it's a rarity to get somebody who develops in the first round, you know, yeah. the first year. So we'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what but happens. But most, for, you know, 
for most part, I'm glad you guys are home safe. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry for what happened in your family. We'll talk about that another time. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But yes, yes. But you have a good evening. Always a pleasure talking to you. My best to you. Jen and the kids, love you. You got it Be with well, us, you, buddy. Yes, sir. That's my guy, right, Jeff bye-bye. King. Salute to you. Jeff King's always a, he's a fan favorite. He was, uh, he was docile today, but we, it's, it's the offseason. I, I don't expect Jeff to be fired up all the time. I mean, what do you think this guy is, huh? Fired up all the time. Sometimes he could be. He's a charmer, that man. He's a charmer. Sometimes you got the charm, Jeff King, this time. So, uh, salute to my man, Jeff. Always, always comes through and, and drops that shit on us, man. So, uh, he knows what it is, man. He still believes in Gabe Davis. He still believes in Gabe Davis. Also believes that Gabe Davis is believing his own hype, which I totally get and I understand it. Dave, Davis came through and had a monster final end of the year, and we expected big things from from Gabe. Maybe we gave him we gave too much expectations on Gabe, so maybe he comes back down to reality going into his final year of his contract. We'll see how that plays out. But anyway, uh, that's my time, folks. I literally was planning to go for like forty five minutes to an hour, but then you start taking questions, takes concerns, and we get into the conversations, and then here we are. So, uh, folks, that's it for me. Uh, please tune in again this coming Monday. We're going to have the, the draft mock. Uh, we're going to put some things together. Maybe we might do a community mock draft where we, as a, as a whole, the chat, the everything, come in and make things happen. We're going to have a nice panel together. And then we're going to have our draft weekend extravaganza. We're going to have the whole crew together. BF is going to be coming in, in and out. We might have some guests come on, and we'll go from there. So, folks, thank you guys for tuning in to another show. We much appreciate it. If you guys enjoyed the show, smash that like for your boy. If you have not subscribed and you're like, man, I've been watching you guys and I haven't subscribed. I don't know why. Click that subscribe button, man. At least you know when we're going. Hit that notification button and we're ready to roll. So, folks, that's it for me. Much appreciate of your time. We'll do it again another time. And uh, let me get my music queued up. And uh, we appreciate you, folks. So, until next time, be good, be great. And uh, listen, man. Try to be kind to people. If you know people that have in the States, I'm specifically talking to people in the United States. Let me turn my music down because I really got to say, it. I got to get that off my chest, man. There's a lot of things that are going on in the United States that I just don't get. And you know what? Canada is just as bad. You know what I'm saying? But people are getting antsy with these pistols. I get it. You guys have, you guys get to go into the next corner store or whatever and buy your pistols because you have your rights to do that. In fact, if somebody comes knocking on your door and you don't even say words, you open up and open fire, yo, get your ass in jail, man. This is this. If you are so fearful of a knock at your door and you just guns, you just start, you know what I'm saying? You know I mean, you pull the hammer out and start throwing, like, what's going on? A vehicle pulls into your driveway, you open your door and start shooting? What? Are you kidding me? Young lives are being lost because people are just antsy to take their guns out and start shooting, man. Yo, this is craziness. I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Like, and I know the, the states get a bad, a bad rep, but man, there's a lot of stuff that goes on on there, man. And I know there's some really good people that are responsible with their shit, and then there's some people that are not. You got an 85-year-old white man just coming out, just, just shooting all over the place. Poor young girl, 20 years old, loses her life because of that fool. You got another guy, 64 years old, doesn't give a damn, opens the door, pop, pop, because somebody knocked on the wrong door. Can you imagine if you're a pizza delivery guy? 
and you hit the wrong door by accident. And some guy's so damn fearful. Oh, man, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. I just hope that people are, I just be more mindful. Man. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, man, I don't know. But it's just, I have to get that off my chest because it's, it's a frustration. You know what I'm saying? We wanted the right to bear arms, and but you guys are shook whenever something happens. Man, crazy. Anyway, that's my time. You guys have a good evening. And uh, <laughs> until next time, folks, you guys have a good one. We'll catch you on the flip side. It's your boy Rico, and I'm gone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.